Welcome to the Final Frontier Podcast. This is Adam Mullen. Today I have a pre-recorded interview with Barbara Reeder of Star Trek Reviewed. Just added a new film to historic Star Trek film films of the 1960s and 70s. Just found a brand new film today. Wow. Um, that was somebody bought some old 8mm film in a thrift store, and lo and behold, what did they find on it? It was a bunch of stuff from the late 60s and early 70s, and one of those things was a series of pictures of dolls gradually being moved around. And um, they just posted it. These people didn't make the film. They just found it. Wow, that's really cool. But, yeah, so, but from the judging from the rest of the time period, it was from the 60s and 70s, and we have a, I have a list, but we have a list. Um, and one of the reasons these lists were created, frankly, was because the website was incompetently um, designed by me, because I don't know how to do website design. And um, so I couldn't, I didn't have room for thousands of fan films. I designed a website for about 250 fan films. Mm-hmm. So I started making up groups because there's no because how can I group them you know mm-hmm. so that I can put them all on one page instead of giving them each their own page and so this one of the page, two page 204 or blog 204 is historic Star Trek fan films of the 1960s and 70s mm-hmm. and um, one of the ones I found was on from a I was hunting, just hunting randomly through something called Break.com, which is like a very tiny version of YouTube, and I found a fan film from 1967. Huh. Wow. 1967, and it's still the oldest one I found. And I was having a good time. People kept on posting fan film, Ray Glasser's 1971 fan film as being the oldest one. And I would kind of connect them to this and say, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh. I'll have to check it out. It's not very good. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's an interesting historic artifact mm-hmm. in the light of the whole picture of all these phantoms. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wound up trying to group them because, okay, I have literally 14 films listed here. And that way I save 13 pages. But there's no real logical reason, I mean, it, to do it this way. Except that I was trying to save pages, so. <laughs> because I was, I mean, James Heaney's new website is, looks better. It's easier to read. It's easier to follow. It's going to be so much better and so much more useful. But he has two advantages over me. First of all, he's a professional web designer. And second of all, I've already made the list. And we know what the universe is. When I started out, um, we didn't know what the universe was. Everybody mm-hmm. got to 100, 150 fan films. They got exhausted. They said, that's it. I'm done making my list. Well, that's the list. That's my complete list. Duties as a member of the board for Star Trek Reviewed. Well, I don't think any of us have specific duties right now. Most of what I've been doing 
is um, just doing the upkeep and maintenance on the headlines, which is the new films coming in, which is both brand new films that are newly released and films that we find which haven't previously been included. And I'm not the only one who does the finding. Sven and Martin both find a lot of films. In fact, they find a lot of films I don't find and that I would never have found. Um, and I don't even know how the heck they find them half the time, but there they are. Um, recently, I think it was Sven who found this absolutely fabulous film in Russian, which was newly released. We, I don't think we've ever seen a Star Trek fan film in Russian before. It was just the last couple of weeks. Brand new. New language. New source. And it wasn't that long ago, maybe two or three, it was just a few years ago, that I got all excited because somebody started doing subtitles in Russian. Hmm. And um, anyway, but most, but most of what I'm doing at this point is just the headline news and the new adding new films and just re letting other people know, like, our new Voyages blog, our page, is completely out of date. We need to update it. Um, they've switched around everything about where you have to look for films. Um, but, you know, people are going to find Star Trek New Voyages stuff if they want to. It's We're not the only source for that, and I'm not super worried about that. But we, it should be work. It should work, just like all the pages should work. The goal here is that you should only have to learn one format. And if you know the format at Star Trek Review, you don't have to learn the format at every single website, which is different for those who have websites. Not all of these people have websites to look at their films. Mm -hmm. It just makes it easy. The whole point is it makes it easy to watch the films, and you can spend your time watching the films, not looking for them. Um, so, I'm, I mean, we keep in contact. I, I don't think we have – I don't think – I mean, James is primarily in charge of building the new website. I'm primarily still running the headlines. Uh, Martin and Sven are assisting – as far as I know, assisting me and him. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, they find stuff I – I mean – I go, Sven comes to me and says, oh, what should I do with this? And I'm like, well, I don't speak Russian. He says, well, I speak a little Russian, but it's not really good. And I said, well, it's probably better than mine since I don't speak any Russian at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, well, you should handle it. And I'm like, you're saying I should go to Google Translate when you actually speak Russian? <laughs> so this is the kind of conversation we're having mm -hmm. um, because um, – these guys all have better skills than I do. I just was a little more dogged than anybody else and just decided I was actually going to keep doing this. Everybody else got, okay, I have 150 films, I'm really bored, or I have 100 films, I'm really bored. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I mean, this happened recently. There's a guy at um, the Trek BBS who decided he was, he was going to do a better list than our list. He said, Star Trek Review is too complicated and difficult. I'm going to do this really simple, easy list. I think he got less than 150 films before he gave up. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm just going to answer this phone you can, and tell the guy, tell my friend that I have to call him back later, okay? Okay. 
Hi, Trent. Uh, for the first time in my life, I am being interviewed. <laughs> I'm on Skype with some with a guy named Adam Mullen. Is yep. that right? He's in Oregon, and he's interviewing me. So. Okay, I'll call you when I'm done. Okay, bye bye. He's also a Trek fan, but he's, let's say, a little more intense than I am, <laughs> which may sound strange, but, I mean, I'm not a big rerun person. I'm not really enthusiastic about watching the same same show 30 times, which is part of why I like the fan films, because it's something different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people, f they get very fanatical. Um and um, I don't think of myself as being particularly fanatical. I just like the fan films. So do you have a favorite Star Trek series? No, not really. Um, I don't have a favorite series. I don't have a favorite movie. Um, but, you know, I think this one is my favorite. Then I watch it. Eh, I watch some other one. I like that one better this time. You know, it, it's... I, I'm not – I don't know – some people seem to really get into liking this one and disliking that one, but I don't know. They're just – they're all professional shows. I Like I, I – I'm not – I don't interact with them that way. Hmm. Um, I mean I didn't – I, what, part of why I wasn't that interested in Star Trek initially, I think, was because the original series was very sexist. So, um, I guess if I have a favorite show, it's probably not the original series. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it's not that I don't like the original series. There are things I really like about it. Mm -hmm. um, each series has its strengths and its weaknesses, and um, when I get together with my friend who I was just on the phone with, um, he has every piece of professional Star Trek ever produced in its highest quality available on in Blu-ray or DVD. And that's what we usually do. We usually watch Star Trek. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my friend who just called. Sometimes, I'm often, I'm like, I've heard somebody was just talking about a particular episode in a particular series and they were enthusiastic. So I said, why don't we watch that one? You know, it's a TV show. It's not... For me, it's not a religion. <laughs> Although there are things about it that I really like, and there are things that, in theory, I like about the community, although the community often doesn't live up to its own hype. Mm -hmm. um, in particular, the uh, uh, tolerance of each other, shall we say. Mm -hmm. um, there's a absence of tolerance at times, and particularly recently... Have you been watching Discovery? Not yet. Um, I will pay, but not twice. Mm -hmm. So when it comes out on Blu-ray, probably I'll probably be buying it for on um, Black Friday this November. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be buying the first year on Black Friday this November. That's the plan. And then I'll watch it while everyone else is watching season two. <laughs> And um, I think that's better for me because I'm one of the things about running a website like Star Trek Reviewed is that I don't want to really get into fights with people. Mm -hmm. um, 
I try to be on good terms with every fan filmmaker. <clears throat> I'm not necessarily worried about being on everyone who ever made a fan film. But if you're actively making a fan film, I'm going to try to be on decent terms with you. And I'm going to try to keep my opinion. And it's not that I don't have an opinion, but I will try to keep my opinion to myself. Mm-hmm. Because I want to be able to get good information and accurate information for the website and for the people who use the website. Um, and I don't want to get in the way mm-hmm. of my of my goal there. That goal is more important than, hey, you took my money and then you didn't make the film or whatever. Um, you know, I, I probably didn't give you that much money. And if I did, um, you know, I would, it wasn't like I, I thought I was paying to support starving children. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's a fan film. It's, it's, and some of them are, are, I think, very, very interesting, and others are mostly interesting because it shows who the person making it is. Um, the goal is just to make the website usable so people can watch them and not spend an hour hunting to find a 10-minute film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know that's a fairly trivial goal, except if it's your time, your if it's your hour that I saved. Well, then I've done you quite a nice turn, haven't I? Mm-hmm. And if I if I do that once a week, because for once or twice a week you want to watch a fan film, then I've saved you a lot of time over time. How many uh, fan productions are listed on the website? I don't know. Every The last few times I've tried to count, I've gotten over a thousand, and then I just I can't count anymore. I get exhausted from counting. Uh-huh. I know there are over a thousand. That's, that's quite a bit. But I have no idea how much over a thousand there are. Mm-hmm. But I say somewhere in the neighborhood of two thousand, but it's really just a guess. Hmm. Um... And it also depends on how you want to count it. I told you about this grouping that I have, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of the groups, which is um, – let me – I'm flipping over. One of the groups is um, fin- filmmakers who create CGI sequences without visible humans, like this guy named who calls himself Rifleman 80 has produced hundreds of films. I don't have a link there to each of his films. I just have a link to his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. How many films shall I count that as? Is it really a fan film when it's just CGI sequences of ships fighting each other? Mm-hmm. Or just ships doing stuff? What Is constitutes that a, fan, a film? fan film? Yeah. Right. Um, and so it becomes a hard question to answer, I didn't feel that just this, these CGI sequences by themselves warranted me pulling every single one of them out. Here I am, Rifleman 80. I'm clicking on his uh, video list. Okay, I don't know how many videos there are, but he's got to have, you know, there's got to be over 100. Um, and, um, but none of them, there's no people in these videos. Mm-hmm. Except if he – a couple of places he does cut-ins from star, actual professional Star Trek people, which you shouldn't be doing. It's it's <sighs> it turns it into a recut. 
and a mashup, mm-hmm. which again I don't consider a fan film. Mm-hmm. And to the extent it is a fan film, I don't want to spend my time on it because I think it's more likely to be taken down since it is more of a clear vi- violation of copyright. Mm-hmm. Old-fashioned standard copyright. You're literally copying the other person's stuff. Whereas fan films on whole are a violation of something called um, franchise copyright, which is a creature created by the court system after World War II. Um, there was a lawsuit brought by DC Comics against Marvel Comics. Um, Marvel Comics Captain Marvel, DC Comics said, was actually an imitation of Superman with his red cape and his flying and a few other things. And the court said, yes, indeed, even though there wasn't a single picture taken or a single character that was exactly the same. You violated DC Comics copyright as a settlement. Captain Marvel became the property of DC Comics. Wow. And that on it is on that that all of the most of these claims about these fan films, some many of which do not have any characters from you know Star Trek that this professional Star Trek they've made up all their own characters. Um, it's just set in the Star Trek universe, but it's based on that lawsuit that these are copyright violations. They're not classic copyright violations. They're violations of what's called franchise copyright, which is a creature of uh, common law, which, by the way, is a system of laws in the United States and the UK and a number of other countries that follow the UK system. Hmm. We um, have not traditionally had a code law system, although there are people today who are trying to adopt the code law system and turn the U.S. into a code, but that's politics, and we don't want to talk politics. Um, and um, but this is a co- creature of common law. Um, yeah. And um, so, is Rifleman's eighty are Rifleman eighty films um, fan films or not? I don't know. If they're fan films, that this is over a hundred fan films right here on this one link. Mm-hmm. If they're not, then it's zero phantoms. Are recuts phantoms? Um, again, I don't consider them phantoms, but are they phantoms? They could be. Some people might consider them phantoms. So this is why you, you have his, his YouTube account linked to your website. Right, but I don't link, bother to link to all his individual phantoms mm-hmm. or his individual films because if you want to watch them, I've given you a way to find them. Mm-hmm. But I'm not featuring them Mm -hmm. because they don't have people and um, but they are all original most of it's original work for him most of what he did Mm -hmm. is original work as far as I can see people have tried to contact him to have him do computer generated graphics for fan films and he has not responded to the best of my knowledge he has not been willing to cooperate with you know people who are doing live shots Mm -hmm. of people you know, you start getting into the question, and you ask me how many fan films are on the website. Well, part of the problem then is, well, what's a fan film? At what point is it a fan film? I have one of my pages is a page of films about fans. How about a film about Star Trek fans? Is that a fan film? That's a good question. 
So I have a page of phones about Trekkers, Trekkies, and general fandom. It includes everything from the documentary Trekkies, Trekkies 1, Trekkies 2, Trekkie Nation, a 50th anniversary film by Rod Roddenberry. I'm just looking down the list. Here's a bio of a real astronaut who's a big Trekkie. Um, here's a New York Times video about fan films. Um, then there's that very funny series, which was called Keeping Up with the Cardassians, with a six, um, which follows the life and story. It, it's a um, it, it's fiction, but it it follows the life and story of a family in Queens. But instead of being Archie Bunker's family, it's a couple of Trekkies, and he makes his living as a bike messenger. But he's dressed in a uh, Star Trek uniform as he goes around doing his deliveries. <laughs> um, and uh, the family fights are all reorganized around Star Trek issues. <laughs> it's got 11 episodes, and so that's there. Hmm. Is that a fan film? It's a film about fans. It's about mm -hmm. Star Trek fans. So, so part of the problem with the question is I don't know what a fan film is. Does uh, does your website define that at all? No. I How would I – I mean, I, I, I can tell you what the website does and doesn't cover. Um, it covers – it does include like this as a list, but it doesn't – these films don't each get their own page, mm -hmm. although they may get their own page on the new website. That's going to be up to James. Because, um, you know, he's he's a web designer. Mm -hmm. He knows how to do this stuff. I'm not. I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of the original database. I put together the original database. Mm -hmm. And now he has a database and he can design something which is appropriate for the database since we actually, we now actually have the knowledge one needs to design a decent website. Like I said, when I started out, even if I was a web designer, I only thought there were like 250 fan films. And there are obviously a lot more than that, mm -hmm. no matter how you define it, unless you're going to say, well, it has to be only about the original series. And it only has to – it has to be adult fans. We're not going to count stuff done by teenagers or kids. They have to have costumes and sets. You know, you start. You know, it has to be of a certain quality and this and that. And you know, what? How are we going to draw the line? And I don't know. I just include it. And I'm one of the things we'd like to do for the new website is we'd like to get people to write reviews. Because originally, I was when I thought there were only 150 to 250 fan films, my plan was to write reviews for all of them. Wow. Because well, after all. Well, for a hundred, but I could do it for 150 to 200 fan films. Once uh -huh. I started getting, realizing there were, we're saying 400 fan films, 500 fan films, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And I stopped writing reviews also because it was just, it was more work than I could do just to keep up with listing them. Mm -hmm. It was like The Sorcerer's Apprentice, you know, you ever see that movie? Yep. I was, the fan films were like the brooms and The Sorcerer's Apprentice. They kept multiplying and multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know I, my plan was to be in control but it turned out I wasn't um, and 
uh, I, I just couldn't keep up with it. And so now you're looking for people to help you write those reviews. Well, that would be one of the things we would like. Okay. Even if somebody doesn't – let's suppose um, – even if you just – somebody who uses Star Trek Review and you're just willing to do grunt work, we need people to literally populate the films in the new website. Mm-hmm. Just physically to check every link because part of the problem is people move stuff around. People take things down. Mm-hmm. There used to be a film here, but the person got embarrassed. There was a very lovely set of films by a young lady. Most of these films are by men, by the way. It's very, very, very few filmmakers are female. Mm. Um, by the way, very few Star Trek websites are run by women. Um, it's a very male-dominated group. Mm. Um, and um, anyway, very few – this particular film was set of films was done by – a teenage girl, and I really enjoyed them. They were animations, and they were very different because most in most films, people cast themselves either as a member of Star Trek or maybe as some alien interacting with, with some kind of Star Trek characters. Okay? But there are movies like where P- Star Trek characters come back into whatever then is the present and meet local people who are living from the, our time as of the time the movie is made. Mm-hmm. That's what she did. Mm-hmm. She had Captain Kirk and company come back, and she and her brother played – or the, she and her brother. And they were the current people who were interacting with Captain Kirk at the time that she was making the film. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see any other fan film that did that. So I thought that was really cool, and I would, it was one of the things I would tell people about. Oh, you got to watch this fan film. And then one day I got a call back, and that's, the film's not there. And I checked, and sure enough, it had been taken down. Hmm. Anyway, um, I don't remember now whether it was Fenn or Martin, but one of them hunted her down, and they found out she was currently an undergraduate at MIT. So I figure she took that down because she wasn't particularly proud of it and didn't want the people of MIT to run into it. Mm-hmm. And um, I can relate to that because I used to publish – when I was a kid, I used to publish letters in comic books mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. And I sure didn't tell my friends about it, and I sure didn't put it on my co- my Yale college application. I got into Yale and Princeton and went to Yale. And um, it wasn't something I spent a lot of time thinking about. And yet, years and years later, once I was on the web and I Google myself, I find my name popping up at all places the Time Warner website. Why the heck is my name doing at the Time Warner website? And there I find people discussing and analyzing the letters I wrote when I was a teenager. So I think the day may come when we can convince her to put those films back up because we like them. They were nice films. They were not professional films. I'm not. I mean, you know, the top people talk about it like New Voyages, Star Trek Continues, um, Star Trek Horizon. Um, these films are all made by Hollywood professionals, or people who used to be Hollywood professionals, or at least people in, like Horizon was made by a guy who's a, in television professionally, even though he's not in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not that kind of film. This is a film by a fan who is not a professional filmmaker. But some of those films, like Nick Cook's films, 
um, uh, Starship Intrepid now. It used to be Star Trek Intrepid Mm -hmm. um, out of uh, Scotland um, are really, really good and very enjoyable. Um, But are they pro? No, they're not pro. But I I find them extremely enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there are people who don't find them enjoyable, but that's not me. So what about them do you find enjoyable? I enjoy watching them. I mean, I enjoy the stories. Um, they're all different, and they reflect the people. I mean, when people write, tell a story, um, they are always in the story, even if they're, they're, there is the character who's them in the story. I, I think Nick Cook's work is, is just good viewing. Uh, I mean, I enjoy it as a film. They're all different. They're all very, very different. I, I, it's what do you enjoy about them is or too too broad because they're all different. I, I don't even know how to answer that. They're. I I really enjoy seeing how people play with things and come at things so differently. And people have very different views, and they think the way they see Star Trek is the way other people see Star Trek, and it's not. So that. For some people, Star Trek is about the utopianness of the franchise. For other people, they relate to it as a um, they're they're very military and they see it as a quasi-military story. Mm-hmm. And these people can often get into big fights in the community in the Star Trek community because they have such violently different views of Star Trek. P- people come at things very differently, and mm-hmm. um, I fo- sometimes. You know, one of the good things about science fiction generally is that um, it can give you time. It gives you a way to talk about issues by isolating them out so that it isn't personal. Are there qualities in fan films that you dislike? Again, you, you can't talk about fan films generally. Um, I mean, pe- people are people's personalities are in their fan films. I recently came across a film that I thought was unusually poor. Okay? And my idea of what really poor is tends to be a much more narrow idea than a lot of other people's ideas. I've get I've gotten into fights with fan filmmakers who think some other fan filmmaker makes really lousy films whose films I don't think are that lousy. Um, and so I sent him this particular film because I thought it was particular. And I watched this film, and um, I really wasn't certain what they were going for. Were they just trying to be nasty, or were they, or, or did they think they were also being funny? I wasn't sure watching the film, because I didn't find it funny at all. But they were very successful at being very nasty about Star Trek. So I left a comment under the film. I said, I'm not sure what you mean, what you're looking, going for here. I want to say that if you're going for being nasty, I think you've succeeded magnificently. But if you're going for being funny, I don't think you succeeded. And so I got back a bunch of curses. So I guess they thought they were being funny because they were really angry that they didn't find it funny. But their response kind of reflected the film, too. The film was very angry. And so I kind of thought the response was like the film. Mm-hmm. These people were very consumed with their anger, and they seemed to think that their anger was funny. 
and I just didn't find it funny. And then, but at least the answer, all these, although they didn't directly answer my question, they indirectly answered it. They apparently did think it was funny because they would have been angry if they didn't think it was funny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they just intended it to be angry. And then somebody came, then they came back and apologized. And I assured them that I actually wasn't offended, that they clearly, from their answer, they did intend it to be funny. And I now understood that that was their intention. You know, and so they didn't, you know, they didn't say, no, we intend it to be funny. But by being so angry that I didn't find it funny, they, you know. Every film is unique. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, initially I didn't like, I wasn't, when I originally started the website, it was going to be only dramas. I wasn't going to have any comedies. Um, I wasn't interested in comedies. I didn't like them. I thought most of the comedies and parodies I saw were just ridiculing Star Trek. And I was, the whole reason I'd gotten involved with this was because I hadn't liked um, JJ Trek. And I know people like it, and I'm not looking for a fight. You know, I think it's great that they like it and that they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, no, I'm not saying they, oh, they shouldn't make it or, oh, it's not, you know, CBS owns Star Trek and Paramount owns Star Trek. Anything they make and they say is Star Trek is Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are going to aim that at the widest audience they can get mm-hmm. because that's how they make money. Yeah. And that's what this is. It's a money-making franchise. Yep. It comes down to the money. Um, and, you know, I've gotten into trouble with people because I was offended by their f- fan films. There was a fan film many years ago that somebody put out where they had tiny little children playing the Star Trek characters. I mean, kids under the age of four. And for whatever reason, I found it offensive. Some people thought it was great, but I found it offensive. But they eventually pulled that down and replaced it with um, animations, which they continue to make and which I think are pretty good. Um, they may still hate me. I don't know, but um, they're making pretty decent films. Um, there was a bunch of guys who were used to work for Hanna-Barbera who are all retired together in someplace in Texas, and they were apparently bored, so they decided to make a Star Trek fan film. They made a two-hour movie called The Paradise Makers. It isn't anything like the animated series. It's very different. But it's sort of what we would expect if Hanna-Barbera had made Star Trek. It isn't a comedy. But it's... These guys are pros. These guys were making Yogi Bear and The Flintstones. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's it's a two hour movie. I liked it. Does everyone gonna like it? No. Um, but it's not one of the, and it's not one of the ones people talk about a lot. There's just a lot of ones that people don't talk about that, or I'm trying to talk about mostly stuff that people don't talk about. Uh, there's a guy who has made a few films now, and uh, one of them was. Uh, well, the more recent one of the more recent ones was called "Axed We Are," which is a takeoff on the CBS lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the previous one he made um, was actually the one that first. Um, I'm. A, they're both fake puppet 
it's animation, but it's animation to make to look like puppets. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. A mutt time, Star Trek A Mutt Time, mm-hmm. in which um, the original film is about 15 minutes long, and they treat um, Vulcan is Vulcanine, they call it, <laughs> and they turn everything about Spock into a dog so that um, he's in heat, which is, you know, it's actually a pretty good analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a great little film. It's all 15 minutes. It's an animation. Um, it's pretty funny. And he's done, you know, and I hope he'll continue to make films. And he, that's one of the pages which are now on the new website, by the way. I just clicked on it, and here I am at the new website. And we're gradually, Is that up and running? We're doing it one page at a time. Oh, wow. Uh, because what are we going to do? Uh, it's 2,000 films, mm-hmm. roughly. Like I said, I just use that as a number because I really don't know. But it's something like 2,000 films. By the time we set up the new website, it would be obsolete anyway. <laughs> we can't. It's just such an overwhelming subject. And, okay, I mean, I never would have undertook this if I had any idea how big it was. But I thought, you know, I kept on coming across all these lists, a complete list, complete list, except they didn't all have the same film. So I thought all these lists had between 100 and 150 films. So they're probably between 150 and 200 films, maybe 250. Ha, ha, ha. Joke's on me. <laughs> Um, but the good news is, you know, we've got one place you can go if you want to watch a Star Trek fan film. And all we really need, we need people to help move it over. Mm-hmm. We need people to, um, write reviews. And frankly, anyone who's willing to either create subtitles in the language it's currently in and can create subtitles, um, in a, in a second language is doing a huge service um, I think you know in the whole community the person who's probably done more to spread the ability of people to watch Star Trek fan films than anybody other else is this guy Ulysses who is in um, San Paulo Brazil and he has produced hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of well maybe well, certainly hundreds of subtitles in Portuguese wow and when he started, there weren't any original Brazilian Portuguese phantoms, but there are now. Hmm. Somebody started doing subtitles in Russian, and lo and behold, just the last couple of weeks, they've released a fan film in Russian. We have fan films. We have one fan film in Arabic. Wow. There's a fan film in Zulu. And yet there are no fan films in Chinese. Um, although Martin is working on a film in Beijing. I don't know what language it's going to be in. But we don't have any subtitles in Chinese, Hmm. to the best of my knowledge. If somebody could just subtitle, you know, some of the professional fan films in Chinese, they could think of the size of the audience, which can't watch them now, Mm -hmm. that could watch these films. Mm -hmm. The whole audio section from the beginning was 
the idea of this guy, Alan, who goes under the name Korak Lestoke and who was also on the board um, in Australia. And um, I wasn't originally going to include audio, and he kept after me. And I kept saying, well, if I finish with all the fan films, then I'll put in the audio. Until one day he just sent me a ready-to-load audio list. So what was I going to do? Not put it up? I did. And I then updated it for a few years. And at this point, he's the one updating it, and he's the one who's taking care of it. And he also is helping with a lot of other stuff. I know he's helped um, with some of the correcting a lot of the other blogs, which have fallen into disrepair. That's something. But beyond that, there's a lot more. I mean, he, to a certain extent, audio has been his thing. But for the rest of us, it's been much more catch and catch can. And what this is all about in the end, the over, the big idea behind Star Trek Reviewed is making it easier for people to watch these films, to find them and to watch them. So whether it's helping set up the easier to manage, easier to use website, and the website which frankly is adequate to the job, which the old website just isn't. And you know, checking every link when you do that, because heaven knows a lot of these links go dead. There were these wonderful reviews that quite a few of them done by this guy Randy Hall and for a while they were taken down although it seems like um, I was in great distress and we wished we had made copies of them and I even called him up and tried to get him um, to get them back up and at the time he didn't know what was going on although apparently some of the people repopulating the um, new website have found some of them so at least some of them have survived but if any of them were lost, that would be a terrible tragedy because he did all this work. And reviews are something the community needs. So part of this is setting up preservation. I know that that's one of um, Martin's passions. Martin in Beijing is trying to set up a, a bank where he has copies of things. And um, the idea being not that we're going to give things out that the author doesn't want given out. Mm -hmm. That's not our job. But what if okay, we don't actually I don't think I don't know if he has a copy of these films from this woman at MIT. But what if she loses it? She not only took it down, but she loses her copy. And let's suppose she graduates and she has her job and she's a mom and she has teenagers and the king, her kids say to her, Mom, what did you do when you were a teenager? Oh, I made these films, it was ridiculous. Mom, we'd like to see him can't find them well we'd like to have co a co we would like I don't think I don't know if Martin has those films but we would like to have a copy of those films to say mm -hmm. hey doesn't have to be lost there are lots of Star Trek fan films which have been lost mm -hmm. people always reference Paragon's Paragon which doesn't sound like a great loss to me from what I know about it but <laughs> um, it's it's a lost fan film there are Quite, I have a whole list of lost fan films. What's one of my group lists, which, of course, that you only need a list because you can't watch them anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and whether they're in existence in someone's basement or whether they are um, lost and gone forever, I don't know. But these are films that somebody at some point saw. Mm. And they're lost and gone, and I think it's sad. 
but like I said, Martin is working on that, and I'm sure he'll he has much more to say about it than I do. <laughs> so, if someone wanted to help you, who would they contact? Well, the best thing to do is to write to Star Trek Review at Gmail dot com. That way, you mm -hmm. reach all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you want to, and you know, you'll you'll reach everybody that way. That's our joint email. Star Trek Review at Gmail dot com. It's all one word. Star Trek Review. It's all pushed together. Mm -hmm. And um, probably the thing that's most urgent is helping James set up the new website. I mean, the website is on the verge of collapse. The old website, mm -hmm. because it, it just wasn't designed for what was there. I mean, I in April, I didn't know there was such a thing as a fan film. And in um, June, I was designing the website. So I obviously, and I didn't know, how, I wasn't a website designer. So in two scores, I just was not able. I, w I didn't have the capacity to do a decent job. But James does. And I'm confident that the new website will be much, much, it's already much better. It's just that it's not set up. But if somebody is willing to... I mean, when I say writing reviews, though, I have to say, I'm not looking for someone who's mean, okay? Mm -hmm. You can write a review, and you don't have to say nice thing, say something nice about something which isn't nice. But let me give you two examples. Um, okay, you're listening to this fan film, and you can't follow it because the audio was really bad. You say, you can say, you know, I was watching Star Trek Joe Schmo. And there are places where it's so dark I couldn't see what was going on, and I couldn't hear what was going on either, and I got just got lost. That's fine. You give it a one to five scale, and you only rate it as a two. That's fine. What I'm not looking for is uh, Star Trek Joe Schmo is a piece of dirt. A piece of um, this guy didn't even bother to find out what sound engineering was. He really needs to get out of his parents' basement and go to a real movie. <laughs> um, that I don't, That's not something we're interested in, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and for anyone who's known me and never heard me be nasty before, um, let me let you, allow you, let you know, and anyone who t thinks they're really clever because they're nasty, most people who choose not to be nasty, it's not that we don't know how to be. It's just we choose not to be. It's not that clever to be nasty. Okay? Then my view, at least, is that nasty isn't inherently clever. There are people who believe nasty is clever, but I'm not one of them. Um, and um, I'm not looking. The, the webs Although the website is aimed at the viewer, it isn't aimed at the filmmaker. You have to be on good terms with the filmmaker to get accurate information. Just because his first film may not be terribly good doesn't mean his tenth film isn't going to be really good. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, um, Luke Sutton, who works out of England, um, has taken down his early films. I think that's a crime, but he has. He started doing films when he was like 13 or 14. He's now in his mid-twenties. I believe he's been doing Star Trek fan films longer than anybody else. Okay? 
most people don't even know about him. I happen to, again, I enjoy his films. Somebody else might not, but I enjoy his films. His current films are pretty damn good. But yeah, his early films were a bunch of kids using Daddy and Mommy's camera to film them playing Star, Star Trek. So the early films are a bunch of children playing Star Trek and filming themselves. And the recent films, they have green screens and they have um, they have costumes and they have uh, CGI and you know it's the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And he has this fascinating combination where he's worked in these. It's not a standard crossover film, even though he has you have elements of Doctor Who and Stargate and all this other stuff in his films. He's treated them different. It isn't a classic in a classic crossover. You know, Darth Vader confronts either Captain Kirk or Captain Picard. Okay, <laughs> that's that's not the way his films are. His films are about a guy who's a doctor, and as in Doctor Who, mm-hmm. who's also a starship captain. And the Iconians are the people who have become the doctors in Doctor Who. And he works this way with all of this stuff. All of these other franchises that appear in his Star Trek fan films are treated within, have been brought into the Star Trek universe as part of it. He connects it with something you've already seen in Star Trek, and, you know, you're calling it this, but it's really also that. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love what he's done. But it's not, a very, it's not one of the better-known groups, again. Um, he's num- he's blog 90 on the old blog. I don't think that's been brought over to the new website yet. No, it's still the old website. Um, and um, his stuff now, I think, is is pretty decent. Um, and you know, but I like watching kids play Star Trek too. Mm-hmm. That's me. But not everybody does. I mean, I get calls from other women my age who don't say enough of their grandchildren who want me to guide them to the ones that are children playing Star Trek. They're not interested in the press stuff. They're not even that interested in Star Trek. They just want to see kids play. So those are the ones they want. They want the ones where children are playing Star Trek because they don't say enough of their grandchildren. Hmm. Thank you for uh, for uh, letting me interview you. And uh, this this was fun. Okay, well, um, I hope it's fun for people to listen to it. What can <laughs> I tell you? Um, and I hope they. If anyone happens upon your podcast, um, that they can drop by Star who would like Star Trek fan films, I hope they can drop by Star Trek Reviewed and save themselves some time. Yeah. Because they can hunt through Star Trek Reviewed instead of they're gonna find a lot more fan films a lot faster.